Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show. I'm your host, Nate. And as promised, every week we're going to have a different Coppinite uh, urban art and production major uh, that will be joining me. And in the studio is Miss Nicole, Miss Nikki. Uh, and because of the show last week, our friend Issa was uh, a little late, actually all the way late. Uh, and we're going to... <laughs> We're going to redo that show. We're going to bring him back on shortly. Uh, we have a couple more Coppin' Nights that will be joining us also for the month of July. And we're just, just celebrating the blue and gold with a little theater flair, a little urban art flair to go along with us. Uh, today we have a special guest. We have Miss Wanda Roberts of the Christian Roberts Foundation, and she'll be doing a um, shoe drive free socks and shoes uh, that she'll be distrib distributing from the Why Not Lie. Um, this is actually on our social media page. So you can actually, um, actually, I'll put it in front of the mic. Um, so you'll be able to uh, go come out, support, um, come meet the young lady in her organization and ask if you can do anything to help them. <coughs> They're coming to Baltimore to support our community, and we want to do our, our due diligence in helping them do what they um, what they need to do, help them to do what they need to do um, in terms of supporting our homeless and vulnerable populations of individuals. So we're going to learn a little bit about Ms. Wanda, and we're going to learn a lot about her organization, the Christian Roberts Foundation, uh, and see what we can do to help and support and keep this mission going, uh, giving away shoes and helping people who are desperately in need. Uh, uh, each one, teach one, reach one. Um, so... I want to first say hello to Miss Nicole. Hello. Hello. Nicole is an actress, a playwright. She's a fundraising specialist. So this might be the person that you need to talk to, Miss Wanda, when we bring her on. Uh, she's definitely, she works at MPT station. So she's my college buddy who comes <laughs> stop by from time to time to come see me in a suite. And she bought me a vegan shrimp sub, money that you would like. So I'm going to give you the information for that because it was actually really good. She tricked me into believing I was eating shrimp. So if I like it, <laughs> then it was actually really good. Uh, but uh, without further ado, I'm going to welcome on Miss Wanda Roberts right now. How you doing today? Hey, how are you, Nate? I'm, I'm doing, doing great. great. I'm doing great. I love the curly hair. I love that. I love the natural. Uh, so first of all, tell us who you are. Who okay. Hi, uh, I am uh, Wanda Roberts. Um, I am um, I, um, married for... Oh, Lord, 39 years this year. Come through, Black Love. Come through. Yes, <laughs> yes. and I uh, actually live in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. Okay, okay. And um, I am the president of the uh, Christian Roberts Foundation. Okay. Um, and uh, I can tell you a little bit about the foundation. Okay, okay. Okay, so the Christian Roberts Foundation was established in honor of uh, my son, uh, Christian Roberts, uh, who was tragically killed mm. in 2019. He was shot and killed. Um, Christian, I have three children. Mm -hmm. Christian was the youngest. And uh, Christian attended uh, Stevenson University out in Hills. Uh, he was an avid basketball player. Um, but more importantly, he just had a heart for giving. Mm. And uh, he's always been that way as a child. 
And uh, when Christian graduated from Stevenson, um, he began, he said that he noticed a lot of his friends from the basketball team, et cetera, were from Baltimore. Okay. And he would go and hang out with them. And he said, I just noticed that there were so many homeless on the streets um, and, uh, you know, many didn't have decent shoes, et cetera. So what he started doing is getting his friends and his ball players, et cetera, to donate shoes to him. And then he would then collect all the shoes and take them down to Baltimore and set up a tent on the street, et cetera, and get his friends, his boys to come and help. And they would just pass out shoes and food, et cetera. He wasn't part of any organization. He would mm-hmm. just do it on his own. That um, sounds amazing. Yeah. For somebody yeah. his age to have that foresight, yeah. to, yeah, to, to, to really reach out to other people in that way. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was 24 so or 23. Um, and so... Um, so he would get his friends to help out. And then it got to a point where he would set up uh, donation boxes at the local schools in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, some of the schools would have uh, shoe drives for him. He would collect them again and take them down to Baltimore. So he had done, he was doing that for like a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when he passed, uh, it was a huge impact on the community. Um, because he was very well known at Stevenson, very no- well known from his high school, known in his church community, um, known in the neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. He had probably over a thousand people that attended his funeral from mm-hmm. all over the country um, to be a young man. So at any rate, uh, as a result of uh, many people would say, you know, we're so devastated by his death and this loss. What can we do? So as a result uh, my family got together and we decided to start a foundation in his honor to continue his legacy. So that's how we um, started in 2019. Uh, so we're a very young organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started and we wanted to just continue what he was doing, which is providing shoes to homeless, low income, uh, less fortunate Um, And we also started a foundation in his name where we want to be able to provide educational scholarships to young people, specifically those um, young people who have been victims of gun violence since he was um, a victim of gun violence himself. Mm. It's unfortunate. I, I heard of a lot of moms and parents who have in their children's names started uh, foundations and organizations and nonprofits for this very reason. And I say, un- well, it's very unfortunate that this is how we get to these points and have such beautiful programming. Um, but to keep your child's name alive one in this way and then carry on his mission in addition to that is commendable. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people don't think about anything outside of their own personal grief. So yeah. for you to lend your grief to this great cause and helping people in ways that is, it seems minute and minuscule to certain people, but a fresh pair of shoes and clean socks means the difference yeah. uh, in a world to somebody who doesn't have anything or yeah. may just need something to help them get to the next step, uh, yeah. for lack of better terms. But I really commend you for taking that mantle and and keeping it moving in that way is very um, commendable of you. It just 
of service. Is this something that is a theme in your family in terms of service and giving back? Yes, actually, um, um, my husband and I were uh, in ministry for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my daughter, uh, who is a um, um, musician, she actually plays uh, um, Christian music, gospel music, et cetera. Her and her husband actually just started their church uh, last year, right before the pandemic. Okay. And so we've always had a heart for, you know, serving the community and, and giving back. And, and my son's a, a, a Montgomery County police officer. So, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we've always been in that service type of um, environment. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've always been those type of people. So with, with this Christian, with the Christian Roberts Foundation, what do you overall, what's your overall mission? So our, yeah, our overall, our over, well, our main mission is to um, uh, put shoes on feet, on the feet of the homeless, the, in uh, the, in the unhoused mm-hmm. and, um, and to provide the, the scholarships. Our goal is to have uh, multiple events during the year where we're either, um, having uh, fundraising events, et cetera, to be able to purchase shoes to give back uh, to the community. Um, an example is last year, not last year, in 2019, because we, we weren't able to do anything in, in 2020. Mm-hmm. But in 2019, we, um, we had a back-to-school event uh, for uh, children, for elementary school children. So uh, we had a company um, that donated backpacks and school supplies. And uh, we also had people that donated shoes. So we had a huge fair at a park where we had face painting and games and funnel cakes and popcorn. And it was just an event, again, to give back to the community where we were able to provide backpacks, school supplies, and shoes for uh for children as well. So we, we look to do those type of events in the DMV area, not just Baltimore, but in the Baltimore, mm-hmm. D.C. Maryland area, D.C. Virginia area. And it was just befitting that Nicole has, has come today because that's one of the things that I was actually talking to her about and we were meeting about um, creative fundraising opportunities because right now everybody is fundraising. But I guess I'm going to ask Nicole a question for the both of us. Uh, <laughs> what is something, and you're free to ask some questions as well. Uh, what are some creative ways for startup nonprofits as me and uh, Wanda are having that could be beneficial that's not, it kind of is not the norm? that is kind of outside of the box and still effective? Well, I mean, it seems like you're, um, she's already doing a lot of that, of just uh, being in contact with different um, schools and businesses and things like that, mm-hmm. um, getting. And uh, another thing that, you know, like I always talk about is really being able to, tell a good story which while you were talking I mean I I was there with you I don't know if you could tell and uh hopefully you're um capturing all of those great things that you're doing and keeping track and being able to uh go to um different organizations to get funding for that I mean you have 
a great foundation and I no pun intended, but like a foundation to help you get more money. Uh, just your son's uh, story and starting a small and uh, the things that you've been able to do to keep his dream alive. And so being able to effectively communicate those things that you're doing, um, I think that it would really help you to be able to do even more. Um, that's great because a lot of people can't, you know, tell what they do. You'd be surprised and you kind of got to pull it out of them. And so, I mean, you've already got a, a good um, foundation right there. And so being able to tell a great story is one of the most important things in fundraising. If you can get someone to be on board with you and believe you, mm-hmm. the money will come. Awesome. Thank you. In, in terms of, um, and and Nicole also has a podcast that speaks on uh, living beyond uh, grief. Mm-hmm. Did I describe mm-hmm. that? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. really, yeah. So she does a podcast where she speaks about her, Nicole lost both her parents in a span of maybe two years. Uh, uh, so like four. Four years. Uh-huh. And, four. and these types of missions really speak to me because it's the reason why I'm an artist and mm-hmm. it's the reason why she started her podcast mm-hmm. and it is will be the meaning behind her artistry as well. So you having that as a mission statement and as you're not even your mission, but your story, mm-hmm. kind of the cornerstone to this organization mm-hmm. um, yeah. is it's not just about pulling at people's heartstrings, but mm-hmm continuing you're actually continuing the missions and most people stay stuck in the story yeah and I, I love the fact that you've taken on what he's done and not try to make it super you know outside of the box but you just stuck to his mission giving mm-hmm. back his legacy right because yeah. what happens with a lot of organizations they they try to take it take the mantle and move forward but they become so big that they're not even touching the people that it was intended to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so keeping yeah. it on a grassroots level while still growing is very precious to me because I Baltimore is the home and really the the, the capital of nonprofits. If you've done that research, mm-hmm. we have more nonprofits that get started here and come out of here than most other cities in the United States. Oh. So it, it really, uh, and most people come here to learn how to start nonprofits because we have so many big ones that we have here, but I'm really, I have to say I'm really proud that you have taken that on because giving back is hard because I know a lot of that comes out of your own pockets at times and and people don't realize how much we go into our own pockets to Mm -hmm. fuel foundations like this, especially in the very beginnings of it, before people start sending you those nice checks and (laughs) and support systems. Um, In terms of keeping Christian Roberts' life alive, uh, what does it mean to you to be able to do this? Well, you know, in in listening to you talk about, you know, your your, uh, parents and starting a grief podcast, you know, when you have a death of a a loved one that is unexpected with Mm -hmm. someone who had so much promise 
you know, you, 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 you question so many things, you question mm-hmm. life and, mm-hmm. and everything. And so um, what, it, what this means to me is it, one, it keeps, I think it keeps our family growing, go, not growing. It keeps our family going. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps us. It helps me to push through in life because it gives me a purpose of, well, you know, it wasn't all in vain, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't in vain. And so, you know, you just want to, what it does for me is just to help me to be able to cope with uh, his death because it brings me joy in giving back to others and seeing the smiles on their faces, the children's faces, and you know, the older people's faces. And what I found was that it's not only um, impacting me, but we've had such tremendous support, just unbelievable support. Mm-hmm. Like I did a, for example, I did a, a sign-up sheet for people who wanted to volunteer this Sunday at the shoe giveaway. And we have almost 50 volunteers. Mm. And most of them are Christian's friends, the 20 somethings. Yeah. And his cousins and these, all these young people who were also impacted by his death and they just want to be able to, to help Uh, whatever we, whatever we can do, we will do to help you because I think it just gives everyone a sense of, of just purpose and peace because they're like, wow, if he was doing all of this, what am I doing with my life? So mm-hmm. that's what it means to me. It, it, it's bringing, I think it's bringing the community together to show them that it's not just about material things or not just about yourself, but it's, all, but it's really about giving back to others and helping others. And it's, I, I, it's just something about watching someone do something unselfish mm-hmm. for someone else that just, I, I get a lump in my throat. And because we we have become a community of people, a culture of people who is mm. selfish and mm. for justifiable because we've had to struggle for everything that we have. Mm. But I, I want us to get back to that space where if you are in need, you have a community to turn back to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and just something as simple as getting a new pair of shoes mm. or a fresh pair of socks or some toiletries. You'd be surprised what that means to somebody, yeah. you know, who may be one paycheck away or may be struggling with homelessness or, right. you know, just on bad times right now. We just came off of a pandemic. Right. So there are definitely people who are struggling. So I'm very thankful for a roof and opportunities and even to be able to do stuff like this, things that I like to do mm. and love to do. So yeah. it, it, it is, and it's never in vain. And, you know, a lot of people think that, but I'm glad that you're utilizing your grief in such a positive way. Yes. That's yes. constructive and moving forward and just reaching forward, reaching out there. Uh, today's topic was each one, reach one. Yeah. Um, and that's sometimes it all is take. You don't have to be a big organization mm-hmm. or have a million dollar budget to be able to <coughs> effectively give back. Yeah. It could just start with a couple pairs of tennis shoes, as your mm-hmm. son has done. And I, I wish I would have known him. I just like that type of mm-hmm. ingenuity from young people because yeah. we don't see that. We don't hear about that a lot. Right. So right. to know that he's done that and been able to, you know, move forward with that is is a blessing. Yeah. Now, for your event that we're having, that you're having on Sunday, is actually Sunday, July the 11th, uh, from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. 
the why not lot. If you don't, if you know Baltimore, um, the address, official address is full West North Avenue, but it's at the intersection of Charles and North Avenue, mm-hmm. right in the epicenter of uh, right between Charles Village and uh, Mount Vernon and the Arts District, the Station North Arts District. Right. Um, it's a big open lot right on the corner, so you won't miss it to all the people that are driving by. And I'm, we're going to push this more on our website as well. But uh, what should we expect on Sunday? So on Sunday, we will have um, uh, some tents set up. We mm-hmm. will have some music. Um, we will have all sorts of shoes. One of the things when we did our event in Baltimore, we had a shoe giveaway in Baltimore in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that many of the homeless uh, said was that, you know, toiletries and things are nice, but they really have a need for socks and they have a need for mm-hmm. shower shoes, flip flops, bedroom slippers. And I said, wow, that makes sense because, you know, we call people homeless and we think they're only the people on the street, but it's also mm-hmm. people in shelters and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we're not, we're not discriminating. And I said, wow, that makes sense. Who wants to wear their tennis shoes in the, in oh, the, or who wants to get into the shower barefoot at a, mm-hmm. at a facility like that? So we will have um, slides, slippers, flip-flops, uh, sneakers. And this is for men and women. We're not focusing on children at mm-hmm. this event. Um, we actually received um, tons of shoes from Nike. So okay. we have uh, a bunch of just all kinds of shapes, colors, sizes uh, for men and women uh, of Nike shoes as well as, well as shoes from other um, establishments. Um, everything is, is, is new. So these are all new shoes uh, that uh, they were receiving and new socks. So we'll be giving those away. Uh, we'll also have um, some PPE equipment, uh, not equipment, but supplies okay. that will be given and some little snacks and water and soda. And then um, my sister, uh, her name is Iris Lattimore. She actually owns her own uh, funnel cake food truck. So she is coming with her food truck and we'll be giving away free funnel cakes as well. So, right. So there's funnel cakes, shoes, socks, music. Um, It's not a festival per se, Mm -hmm. but we're trying to make it a a happy kind of. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Right. (laughs) Make it a happy kind of environment for people to come out. Mm. So in terms of being a grieving mother, where are you on that spectrum? I know it never ends, but where are you uh, on that spectrum? Well, it's been two years now. Um, I am much better than I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, the I, I might not be. So I'm doing good because I was able to focus on the foundation work. So that has helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, my job was tremendously supportive. So I was able to take time off and grieve. Mm-hmm. And then, of course we had the pandemic where, you know, you're pretty much at home mm-hmm. with your own family, et cetera. So, so I am doing much better now. I don't know what I'll, how I'll feel in a couple of months because the trial for the, uh, the people who murdered. You oh, know, okay. yeah. So, so that always puts me on a, a emotional roller coaster thinking about that. But I will say that through counseling, through prayer, mm-hmm. through um, family and friends support, through the work with the foundation, I am doing 
much better. I always have my moments. I'm pretty sure as you do. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, you, you have your moments, but it, 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 what I'm doing helps actually. So I'm doing mm-hmm. better. If, 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 if you had to ask the community for anything, is, is there anything that the community can help you with on Sunday or just in general with the foundation? Well, you know, in, in general, it's really just um, supporting with either uh, donations of shoes because mm-hmm. our goal is to, you know, always give back. So you can never have too many. Okay. So donations and then volunteers. As I mentioned, we have almost 50 uh, volunteers that I think it's 47 or something that's c- supposed to come out on Sunday. But um you know, I don't know as the time goes on, people's schedules change. So we'll always need volunteers. And there is a, a, a way to sign up to volunteer and be able to see our events on our on our website. Well, I'm, I'm very excited for mm-hmm. Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. And I am always happy when someone comes to Baltimore and plants a seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of people that come here and take from our culture and take from our resources, mm-hmm. but I'm always thankful and very appreciative when someone comes and plants a seed here and yeah. supports us and w- without, you know, needing camera people and all those things. And, yeah. and I, I'm sure your organization is going to flourish because okay. it's being done from the heart and it's being done without uh, any ill intentions. Uh, just meeting you the other day, it was a breath of fresh air to see somebody that was still handing out flyers for something mm. that, that puts a lot mm. of energy into something versus it just being something digital. So oh yeah, yeah. anything yeah. that we can continue to do to help you support mm. uh, your mission and your organization, um, even if it's some creative events that we can help you mm-hmm. to, to, to fundraise or to yeah. continue to get that uh, stop the violence type of programming done yes. um, in conjunction with what you're already doing. Mm-hmm. We are here. I'm here. The Artist Exchange is here. Uh, Big mm-hmm. Exposed Radio is here. So continue to, you know, ask. You know, yeah. if, that, if it's anything that I can say, don't stop asking because mm-hmm. nobody knows what you need. Because yeah. I know the, the job of a leader is very lonely, right. especially when you're trying to do everything. Yeah. So, right. Especially under these conditions, you want to make sure you're reaching out. And I'm sure yeah. you have a system, a support system around you, but you have it here in Baltimore as well. So just Thank know. You. Uh, and you have shown how love your son was, but expand mm-hmm. it. Don't stop asking. Don't stop asking because yeah. it's just something that is necessary and needed beyond yeah. this DMV area even. A closed mouth is like it is. Yes. So. Yeah. 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 Yes. We do, we do have um, some events uh, coming up. One of the things that um, we're trying to get going is our scholarship uh, award, uh, finding the people to apply for it, but we want to have a banquet where we kind of award the young people with the uh, scholarships. We have the back to school event uh, coming Mm -hmm. up. And what we actually had planned in 2020 where we couldn't do it because of uh, COVID, we were actually planning a sneaker ball which was a formal event where you dress fancy smancy and uh, go to a big uh, event and you just wear your sneakers with your formal attire, your gown and your tux or whatever. Okay. And we were going to have a band and DJ and food, etc. cetera. Uh, we had to push that back to 2022. So that's coming up. So, you know, that's certainly open to anyone who wants to attend. And we were selling tickets 
all with the goal is of raising funds for the scholarships for the young people. Mm-hmm. So there are, you know, we had a virtual game night um, in um, in March at the end of April or March. Um, again, it was a lot of fun. It was virtual. We had a host, a DJ, et cetera. And so there's lots of things we're trying to do to be creative. Um, but again, the whole goal is to be able to give back to the community. So definitely. So we'll talk, you know, further at, even after this interview, because mm-hmm. we have a couple organizations, uh, Baltimore, Fa- Baltimore Fashion Week, the Fashion Umbrella Foundation, they're both under the same umbrella. Uh, and she'll definitely be someone that you should talk about in terms of doing that type of programming um, mm-hmm. because that's along the lines of what she does as well. But okay. I think that she would be a good uh, key point. But I'll send you her information as well. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm just just meeting you was just you was you wasn't pushy. You wasn't in your face. So I was like, OK, this is not the normal you know, <laughs> foundation owner. But it, it has definitely been a pleasure kind of doing the research and figuring out who your company was and and, and just listening to that um, okay. uh, through social media and just my own personal research. So I am I love consistency. I love integrity. And uh, your organization definitely represented that. So if you all want to support uh, the Christian Roberts Foundation, how can people support you? So we have a uh, website. It's ChristianRobertsFoundation.com. Mm-hmm. On the website, it will tell you all about our organization. It will tell you about Christian, uh, and it will have um, pictures of our past events. And then there's also a donate button mm-hmm. uh, or how can you help button. So you can either donate either shoes or monetary funds, um, or, and you can also sign up to volunteer if you so desire. Mm-hmm. Um, sign up to volunteer, and we will reach out to you when, when there are events coming up. So, uh, yeah visit our website. So I, as we're, as we're closing um, out, can you tell us a little bit about um, moving forward? You said you have the sneaker ball that's planned for 2022. And is, are there any other things going on this year or soon that yeah. we can talk about or support? Sure. So we have the back to school event that's scheduled for September. That's actually going to be in Beltsville, Maryland. So it's not in Baltimore. Uh, We also are planning our scholarship awards banquet that's scheduled for, uh, I think it's November, um, the scholarship awards banquet. And then we'll have a holiday giving event, which will probably be in Baltimore again, where Mm -hmm. we'll be donating uh, shoes, supplies, uh, we don't get into clothes or anything like that. Um, our, our mission is for shoes, but that'll be our holiday event in December. Okay. Again, anything that you can think of uh, mm-hmm. beyond just here in Baltimore, just let, let me know and okay. I'll get the word out. I can do what I can do to support you in those missions. Awesome. Um, you. Do you have a question? No, no, no. no. You're doing good. <laughs> so um, uh, my Final question to my guests is always, what advice would you give to your 17-year-old self? And what question would you ask to your 100-year-old self? Well, what advice would I give to my 17-year-old self? I think I would say, don't sweat the small things and worry so much about what people uh, think. Mm. You know, surround yourself with positive uh, people and try to try to block out a lot of the negative because as teenagers, 
you know, you go through a lot of that as you try to find yourself. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't worry so much about um, um, what people think because you're going to develop into who you are eventually. Mm. Um, and my, what was the second question about the hundred? And what what question would you ask to you? Because you can't really give your hundred year olds of advice. But what <laughs> what what question would you ask of your or ask to your one hundred year old self? What question would I ask to my one hundred year old self? Um, I would ask, uh, huh? What question would I ask to my one hundred year old self? Um, I will probably ask my 100-year-old self, uh, do you feel satisfied with Mm. your life? And um, are you happy with your accomplishments? That's cool. And to all the people who listen to this show regularly or are tuning in for the first time, this is a question that I ask all my guests. And Mm. it's a great um, meditation prompt for Mm. you on a daily basis, or you can do it in intervals of time. but it helps you to figure out where you are because mm-hmm. how you answer those, both those questions is uh, the advice you give and a question you ask tells a lot about where you currently are. So mm. it's a good gauge of just where you are on the inside. So I always give that to people as a great meditation prompt. I do a lot of meditating in the morning and at night before I go to bed. So I try to ask myself that just to gauge where I am mentally. Um, and spiritually as well. So um, thank you for coming. Thank We're definitely going to be there. Um, I, whatever I can continue to do, don't hesitate. You have my number. You have my my email address. So please continue to reach out. And um, thank you. Okay. Uh, is it anything? You. One more time, tell people where they can find you and, well, your organization that on social media and yeah. uh, website-wise. Sure, it's ChristianRobertsFoundation.com on um, on the internet, and then we also have a Facebook and and, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Facebook, it's Instagram. Instagram. Yep, same thing. Christian Roberts Foundation. Mm-hmm. Your Instagram is actually at the bottom of the screen, so people okay. can see that. So follow her and support her. Donate, yeah. and if you are in the Baltimore area on Sunday mm-hmm. around twelve to four, stop by, say hello, yes. do what you can to support. Or just say hello. Give her a pat on the back for doing such a great job. And I'm sure Christian Roberts is amazingly satisfied (laughs) with the work that you continue to do in his name. Yes, thank you. Thank Thank you so much. And have a blessed day. And I'll see you Sunday. Okay, thank Mm -hmm. you. See you later. All right, bye-bye. So as we continue to as we continue to talk, uh, we still have Nicole here. And Nicole One is a fundraising specialist. I met her at Coppin State University. She's an urban art and production major. Um, but I also just did her show. Um, it just jumped out my head. <laughs> it was, I, was, I should have said it first. Tell people the name of the show. You Grieving Girl. You Grieving Girl. Oh, boy. But it's You Grieving Girl. But I was on there as a young man. I'm going to claim that, so I'm not a young man. Uh, But I was on the show, and it was very, um, it made me think of things that I didn't necessarily want to think about anymore. Uh, On the 5th of July, I celebrated my great-grandmother's birthday. And anybody who knows me, I'm definitely a grandma's boy uh, and a great-grandma's boy. Uh, And 
grief can be horrible. Grief can distract you. It can tear up any progress in your life. But it also, as we've seen with Wanda Roberts, it can definitely uplift you and inspire you to do things bigger than you and bigger than your grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not to say forget about it or let it go because that you never really stop grieving. You just learn how to cope with it. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a negative thing to cope with it. But you, your the goal is not to forget the person, um, but the, the pain that you felt, which is inevitable because we're all going to have to take that journey one day. Um, me, I'm going to be 300 years old. I'm disclaiming it. <laughs> but um, it, it definitely is something that we have to figure out and figure out how to maneuver through. Mm-hmm. Um, from you, and you've done quite a few episodes now. Um, what is something that you've learned about grieving that you didn't necessarily know going into this project? And it's on Grieving Girl is on all major platforms. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because so I always talk about how grief is different for everyone. Um, is different. We show with something. There we go. Um, is different each time you grieve. Um, and for me, just experiencing this this second time around with so much loss, so close together, it's. It's such an interesting feeling. Um, I don't really feel anything, but I also feel a lot, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so doing the podcast has really helped me to get these feelings out and express myself. And, And when I lost my mom, there was some shame surrounding that. And I didn't realize it was shame until... Uh, a little while after and whereas now it's kind of like this is how it is this is who I am and shame and not losing your mom but having feelings yes because I mean you've known me for a time and I'm the person that doesn't feel uh even as an actor I feel do I you try to act like you don't feel but everybody feels at some point I, I don't know because, I mean, I always struggle even acting-wise. And so mm-hmm. I will say, after losing my mother, I've been able to <laughs> show emotion. emotion, yeah, when I'm acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that shame is gone for me. So, like, now if I, you know, burst into tears somewhere, there's no, oh, my goodness, I'm, I don't do this. Now it's kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm going to cry, and it's going to be ugly for a minute. And then, you know, a couple seconds yeah, later, you want to go out to eat, you know? So I'm not struggling with that part now. Mm-hmm. And then also that um, moment, those moments of, well, when will this be over? Now I realize it's here, and it's always going to be here, and it changes, but it's always going to be. It here. doesn't feel the sting <clears throat> uh, for me. The sting or the telling of the story doesn't affect me the same way it did mm-hmm. when, say, I was 30 or 20. You know, but losing, like, my best friend, my great grandmother at 16 was way too early for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and living with this person your whole life. There's a difference. You wake up the next day after the funeral, it's different. Mm-hmm. You wake up the day after it happened, and it's different. You know, it, not having that person, and 
I didn't live with my grandmother, but my great grandmother lived with us. Mm. So it was different in that home. And I lived in that home for another year and a half uh, after that. You know, my bedroom was still across from hers. So it was still, it was different. You know, I watched someone else move into that room, Mm -hmm. you know, after. And that was hard for me because I wouldn't let them move in the room because that's not your room. That's my great grandma. That's how I feel. It's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's still, you know, it it is different, you know, and and you do things like try to hold on to the sound of their voice or how they smelled or, Mm -hmm. you know, memories of them. I I remember um, I did a play and I used the blanket that she used to cover her legs with. And I used the I used the blanket. Knowingly, I should not have used it. But um, I wanted it to be a part of what I was doing. And somehow it got lost and we never found it. And it eventually got thrown away. Oh my and I, first of all, the person who was the cause of it. Are they dead to you now? They not. They actually, um, I'm not going to say their name, uh, but they are uh, a great friend of mine. And I learned how to forgive because of that situation. Because I was, I hated that person on the inside. And I was so fake nice. I'm sorry, I'm trying to grab hair off something that was catching my Oh, well, that was bothering me. It was. Right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it was, I could see it. It was bothering me. But it definitely, um, it, it changed me because it taught me how I had put all my feelings into this blanket. Mm-hmm. I had put all my emotions into this blanket and I could not, um, I didn't understand what that was. I didn't understand why I was so mad. I knew what had happened, but I didn't understand why I was so mad at this person over a blanket until I realized what that throw blanket meant to me mm-hmm. and it grief can can separate you from reality mm-hmm. it can separate you from um yourself because it's something that for each person is a very different experience uh timing wise um and all of that so never let anybody tell you how to grieve how long to grieve why you should don't Grieve how you grieve mm-hmm. and just hold on to you in the process. Because often people who are grieving still have jobs, still have families, still have responsibilities. So that balance is necessary. And it's a choice that you make. Mm-hmm. It's a choice that we all have to make in that grieving process. But um, I'm glad that you started that podcast because it's going to give other people uh, a space to be able to verbalize mm-hmm. what's going on without feeling shameful or um and and i've never seen i I didn't experience shame because i'm a fuck uh but uh, but you understand yes you know but you you but people just don't get it they don't they don't get it if it wasn't their heart being ripped out we have grown to be so insensitive that Mm -hmm. we don't why are you still crying like i think part of it was you know that uh, maturing for me because you know caregiving Mm -hmm. my mom getting sick I changed and being a caregiver for three years changed me and then losing my mother that was another piece for me and that Mm -hmm. maturity and so now I'm like I don't care 
you know, right. but, but I, for you, it went on for those three years. Yeah. And right after that, you then had to start the process with your dad. Mm-hmm. And so the I still process. had that expectation mm-hmm. of, of putting on a, a, a certain um, facade. A facade of how I thought that I should be to make people feel comfortable. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. I was getting it. I was getting waiting for my opening, Monty. Uh, but we'll take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show, only on theexposedradio.com. Bloop, 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 bloop. It's so bad. Here I go. The hell are you doing? I ain't nowhere to board a train, you damn stupid nigga. Well, you might could have said Ninkum Boom. We ain't no Ninkum Boom. Here I come. Here I come. Open it. We're gonna play for you. Our first tune is called Let's Start What We Have Come Into the Room to Do. Right on. Here goes. know how to make a grand entrance. I know who you are. The angel who hunts down those who trespass against him with no mercy. Admit it. I like it with the bland blands. They are um, attached to so many different businesses and great entities here in the city. If you have a business, you definitely want to put your business out there, commercial, shout out, anything. It's fun to one of the great shows that's going to be on the Exposed Radio. Welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on BeExposedRadio.com. So we have a couple topics that I wanted to bring up. 
<clears throat> you ready? I guess. Bill Cosby. Please don't. Don't, please don't make me go down this road. Don't do it. You don't want to go down the rabbit hole? I don't. It's fine. Well, Bill Cosby in reference to Felicia Rashad. Now, I know you like Felicia Rashad. I do. So, um, as an update, many people are signing a petition to get Miss Rashad, Miss Felicia Rashad. If you did not know, uh, Felicia Rashad has been named the dean of the arts and theater department at uh, Howard Howard University. I was saying Howard State University, but that's what it is right now. <laughs> if they don't support Miss Felicia Rashad, she is entitled to her opinions. Mm-hmm. And in her message, we read last couple weeks ago on the show, um, Felicia Rashad wrote a, t- a tweet, and it said, and I'm paraphrasing, um, uh, a right, a wrong has been righted, uh, a miscarriage of just- justice has been corrected. Now, Bill Cosby was sent to jail, and I'm not going to question the validity of his charges. But how they decided to go about convicting him was illegal. And for us as Black people, we cherry pick what we're mad at and how we get mad and what we're mad at and how we get mad about it and all those things. And it's crazy because we just finished talking about people being illegally searched, illegally stopped, uh, illegally uh, detained, uh, killed mistreated injustices but in this situation a clear injustice has happened um and it was as felicia shaw said it in her words it was righted uh uh she said it she's a dean so i can say that word too (laughs) (laughs) so the same uh but uh because of her statement which she never claimed that he was guilty or innocent um she was speaking on what had actually happened. Now that it's unfolding, we're learning of why he was set free from jail and his conviction was vacated. Um, and she's been supporting him like from the get-go. This is her homie. I mean. And, and one of the things, it's a little poor down there. Do you know that poor? It's a black poor. I got the black hole. There you go. Uh, you got all this happens every show. My... Um, my core is, is yeah. Don't judge my office. I, I work in it. Yeah, oh, it's plugged up. I'm surprised. It's Look bright now. It's bright now. So, uh, as you said, she's been supporting him from day one. And for me, we've always loved Felicia Rashad because her elegance, her her talent, her integrity has always been consistent. But on this issue, she wrong. I'm not gonna lie, I want her to adopt me. And I, I still do. She was my mother in my head. Sorry, mom. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh shit, y'all could have co-parented. It's fine. Uh but <laughs> but I, I'm I'm having problems with this because it could be somebody has great intentions and make a wrong decision. Mm-hmm. That's very possible. But also it's possible that if she's been have this much level or this level of integrity all this time, why would she change in this moment? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's clearly speaking from a perspective of her own um, her own experience with him. Mm-hmm. Now it's being reported. Uh, I just watched the inf- uh, 
uh, uh, interview with the young lady, Alexander. Uh, Erica Alexander. Erica Alexander, mm-hmm. the young lady who played Cousin Pam. Um, I've also watched interviews from, um, I don't know their real name, Rudy and Theo. I really don't know that really. Malcolm Jamal Malcolm Warner. And, he could be my... Um, and Keisha Knight and McPullough. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've watched interviews, and they've said similar things, that Bill Cosby wasn't the nicest person. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make him guilty. Um, and we're not going to question the validity of mm-hmm. rape, but it's mighty interesting that the word rape has been, like, infused in this. Now, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I know I know what happens when people want to get ahead. And mm-hmm. we, we're all acting as if women specifically don't do this. Sorry, woman. Uh, but we're acting like women don't do this. I'm not saying she's... I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. We're not going to act like that there aren't opportunists in the world who get mad when they don't get the opportunity. I mean, you're not I wrong. Just, we needed that moment of silence. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. I'm just saying. But, mm-hmm. and, but as a black man, I just had this conversation last night. And I said it out loud. I am uncomfortable. Like, around Nicole, I'm fine. I know Nicole would never say I did something that I did not do. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nicole wouldn't expect for me to do anything that I've never done before. Mm-hmm. But I am uncomfortable around new women, women I don't know. Um, or women of other races. I'm very uncomfortable in this moment. Mm-hmm. And as a black man, my feelings are valid and I validate them because we're in a space right now where one wrong perceived intention mm-hmm. can equal jail time. Mm-hmm. And see, now I respect that. And on my end, throughout my life, I've had experiences that make me uncomfortable around um, the opposite sex. So we both have those same feelings and they're both legitimate. So, I mean, I, I feel you. I feel you, but I'm just always prepared to drop kick somebody. So we good. It, 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 it just, so to get back on the side of the Felicia Rashard debacle, mm-hmm. they are calling for her to be fired. I, I don't, you know, that drives me crazy. Um, the way, the way I look at it is, you know, she supported her friend. She has from day one. Um, and regardless of what feelings we all have about what he may or may not have done, what does that have to do with her? Where do we draw the line when we're policing people's opinions, especially on something like that? Um, To me, I I think it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I just, I don't get it. I mean, we all have people in our lives who um, may have, either done something shady or have been perceived as shady and we still have relationships with them mm-hmm. one way or not. And then I also feel like, and I'm two ways with this, depending on what day you catch me, but <laughs> I feel like when you're of a certain generation, you have a mindset and this is not replies. I mean, um, this, this doesn't, um, 
apply to like old racist people, but other uh, other um, situations mm. where things were different, and you could say and do certain things years ago. So let's say that what happened um, is true. She grew, she's been in the business, her and her sister, for years. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't seem like a big deal. Maybe it maybe she sees it as, hey, they want to come up and had buyer's remorse. So to her, it may not <laughs> I mean, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, it, or maybe she just remember being on that show for all the years that she was on it. Mm-hmm. And she saw this row of women coming in mm-hmm. and coming out. She saw probably some of these same women who mm-hmm. accused him. Uh-huh. And you so know, many of a- the many of the people on that show have said they never saw that behavior from him. Mm-hmm. But they probably saw these women hanging around mm-hmm. the state, the, the set, or they saw them as extras and like, okay, we got a pretty face in here again. I guess, you know, somebody got a new date today. Like, mm-hmm. so they saw this. So it's, so it's, you know, and so for people to be like, oh, well, she needs to disown him. Well, she shouldn't. Why? Why should she? I, I feel like you can't look at things with 2020, uh, 2021 lenses. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people do that now because even like if you look at shows that we grew up watching and sometimes they say stuff and you be like ooh that wasn't right because like I know I'm like binge watching Moesha right now and like some of the jokes and I just be like ooh that's inappropriate if that came on right now oh it would be but a we problem. watched this it wasn't and, like we didn't watch and it show. was funny like right. you know probably went to school the next day and told the joke so is something wrong with us because we thought it was funny. So I just feel like that's just where we were at that moment. Exactly, like, a Moesha was typical. Um, that Moesha is Moesha is actually the child of today mm-hmm. with her mouth. Mm-hmm. She's definitely the child of today. Oh, I definitely see it from her parents' point of view now. Right, <laughs> but again, we were her age at that time, mm-hmm. so we didn't think anything of it, and and it actually probably inspired us to say things. Well, I didn't. I I did. I, I did, did, but you be know, kind of, yeah. Be crazy, yeah. I wouldn't have did that. Yeah. Um, but again, it just, it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It makes me uncomfortable because many of these people who are pointing the finger are walking around broken with trauma and triggers about being molested by an individual that they're still allowing to be around their fucking children. And because you can't say it to that person, you're going to put it on someone Mm -hmm. else that you don't even know. Mm -hmm. You don't even know. Oh, yeah, he did that. Mm -hmm, He did it. And and, and he did. He did. He did drugs. He did drugs on women, though. He did. But he did. He admitted to drugging them. But at the same time, comedians like Lou Nell and uh, I'm trying to think of other individuals. She irritates me. I'm yeah, sorry. but she. I mean, but I don't. You know. find, I have never laughed at Alino. Well, you have to be a crude person to really okay. like some of her comedy. Okay. I just had to put that up. But people from, but again, Lunell was someone who was of that Bill Cosby generation. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think she's probably like the generation behind us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but she said Quaaludes were. That's what you did, and that's what my dad. That's what my dad said because he, my um. 
I had family that had like clubs and stuff around the city. And so he was like, he, my father, my father was of the belief, oh yeah, they knew, they knew. He said, somebody gave you some pills, what do you think they were? Mm-hmm. I used to argue with him all the time about this, but. You know. But that, that was, and I'm not saying across the board, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he never put one in somebody drinking they didn't know. I, didn't, mm-hmm. I don't know that. I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to defend that. But I'm saying, if you have a lot of people coming out saying that was the time people got high off of Quaaludes. Mm-hmm. I'm reading Etta James's, um, uh, first of all, you got to read this book. Etta James, I don't know how the fuck she lived to be 70 some years old. I really don't. She all the drugs, you know, right? all the drugs this lady did. This lady did heroin for a number of years. She did cocaine for a number. Like, this lady was living. I don't know how she survived to be 70 anything. That's how the music is so good. Oh, my. I don't know how she made music. (laughs) She is very forthcoming and very honest in her book, Um, unlike Aretha Franklin. Uh, But I'm just saying, if you go write a book, tell the truth. Uh, but right. I mean, she wanted Halle Berry to play her, so so delusion was rampant. I get it. Uh, but again, it, it we're in a space where, um, and, and okay, so I'll speak candidly about my experience, and I've said this maybe a couple times on the show. But I've I've sit in a courtroom and watched an uncle, my uncle Phil. I'll say his name. Oh well, I'll say his name. I watched him be accused of rape while sitting in a courtroom in handcuffs. I've watched also my Uncle Man sit in a principal office. It wasn't told to me. These two scenarios wasn't told to me. I watched them myself as a young child. I sit in a courtroom, uh, a principal's office as a young lady lied and said my uncle and his friend raped her in the auditorium of their school. I I heard it. I seen it. Um, It was... Um, as as a child, I did not really understand what I was hearing, but I understood what I was hearing, and it was scary. You know, I thought my uncle, my uncle was already in jail. My uncle Phil, uh, my mother, one of her brothers, was in jail. He had already been arrested for it, and now we were in trial, and to hear the young lady recant her story. And her story so much was they fooled around, they got high, and he didn't want to pay her. That turned into him raping her. And she said it. She said it on the uh, on the stand. That's why she did it. And she walked out of that courtroom when the trial was over. Unscathed. They had to, they took my uncle back into custody. And released him shortly thereafter, uh, but he still was in handcuffs after this lady said she lied. Same thing happened to my uncle man because they got caught. Her first instinct was to say they were raping her. This wasn't something I deduced or was shared. This is what I heard her say out, this young lady say out her mouth. So understand me, This I was young when both of these situations, I don't think I was 10 yet on either of those situations. Uh, so just imagine, that's the, that's the perspective that I have on, on the world in terms of this type of situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm not very trusting to 
um, what what do they call crowd accusations? Mm-hmm. I'm not very. Uh, I don't listen to them mm-hmm. because if I say I can say, you know, Nicole stole something from me, mm-hmm. and Nicole like, uh, what did I steal oh, from you? Can we cheat something else? Because somebody said I stole something. I was like, that's like, no, I was. Nicole, why would you say that? Now people think you're a team. Like, they did, but I proved that I didn't. But I was really offended because I don't steal. Nicole, why would you say that? It was my first teacher. She ain't like me. She was crazy. Example, <laughs> if I say you did something and people are like, well, I don't know Nicole to be a thief. Well, I mean, she do got that new bracelet. So where'd she get it from? And and, and and that's all it takes is speculation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, if you share it enough, if you hashtag it enough, if you make it catchy, we now think Nicole is a thief, a whole thief. Nicole ain't stole nothing. But because we had a, a great marketing strategy behind what our beliefs were, then we can do it. We just saw that with the, the orange man. You get enough press around something, then it's true. Mm-hmm. Whether it's true or not, and I really I'm I'm uncomfortable really in these situations because now I'm hearing um, now that he's been set free. Now, mind you, they didn't say this during the initial trial or once he was convicted. Uh, but Godfrey, he's a comedian. He said he knows women he did it to. He's watched them do it. So I'm uncomfortable in a situation where you would watch someone do that. And because they have power, you're not going to say nothing because you don't want to not have That's power. how it always goes, though. That's how it goes. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm the person and, I mean, I acknowledge this. You got to prove to me that you didn't. And mm-hmm. I hate I hate to say it, but based, and, and I also know people on the other side who have been accused and it, it messed up their life. Yeah. You know, but athletes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What's his name? Kobe never lived that down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. Even in his death, and that was just so pretty. That was so pretty. They boycotted his death mm-hmm. because of the accusation mm-hmm. that he was never convicted for. Mm-hmm. You got to prove to me that you that you didn't. Unfortunately, but and and what was interesting? I watched a interview with Judge Joe Brown, and okay, Judge Joe Brown is he's a special person. But see, he's the example that I'm talking about. That you he that he that older relative that you just gotta accept them for who they are. Yeah, but on on the academic side of it, this man knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. He, he may have been a TV judge, but he was a judge, nevertheless. Mm-hmm. Um, he, couldn't have been, he couldn't have called himself a judge on TV if he wasn't a real judge. <clears throat> I don't know, because what about Jerry Springer? He likes Judge Jerry now. Yeah, but we know that's a joke. But this is actually Judge Joe Brown. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and if we, think, if we believe Judge Judy is a judge, then we got to believe he's a judge. Uh, but... but um, he basically, he said, we are innocent until proven without a shadow of doubt that we are guilty. And the burden is on the prosecution. And then that's how this situation happened. The burden then was put on Bill Cosby's team to prove his innocence, mm-hmm. which isn't, you know, outlandish. But at the same time, I'm already innocent until you can prove that I'm, I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. And testimony evidence 
which which was the confession that he made, was that he that they went along with the Quaaludes. Mm-hmm. Like I was shocked that they actually were. I was shocked that they that they used that though. But he supplied the drugs. That's the that's the thing. He mm-hmm. supplied them. And and many people, we have uh, Beverly Johnson, who's been discredited. We have uh, that uh, crazy other model. I forgot her white name, Janice Dickinson. I don't even know why she was up there. Who who recanted her story after writing about the story in her book and was forced to recant because she said she was lying. Something wrong with her. I don't know why we were like, I I don't know why we would take her word for anything. She was high when she did the TV show. She high all the time. She was high when she did the interview saying that he did it. She after she had said he didn't do it. She's high all the time. I'm, I'm just, it, it's just, and I'm not even going to be one of them petty people to like, the, well, the woman who accused him, I would not dare. I'm not going to do that. Can I do it for you? I'm not. Go ahead. So, because remember, I told you, I'm the person that you got to prove that me to me that you didn't. And I am one of those believe the victim because I always had a fear that nobody would believe me, right? So I I, I understand that part. But believing the victim well, and, and it hasn't even brought been brought to trial. But, does that not scare you? But hold on, let me tell you though. So when she they did the what was it like 60 minutes or something with her and it was like the interview. And so she, so she talking and she's telling what happened and all of this stuff. And I was just in there like, I don't want to be that person though. I don't, I don't me and my father her. was watching and I was like, you know, like something just, just don't feel you right. Was looking at her in that afro. And that I, I was afro. just in there like, mm, I don't know. I don't know though. And mm-hmm. you know, cause like some people, and if you thought that, what if Felicia Fraud looked at that was like, I don't believe it. You know, and so because for me, I don't believe I don't believe that all of the women that came forward, because I do believe that there are people are opportunists. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I do believe that sprinkled in one or two in there, it could have been somebody who maybe bit off more than they could chew. You know what I mean? Like um, you know, maybe naive or they thought that they wanted something and then they didn't or something like that. But when I saw her and I was just like, I didn't even think that they were going to win that case. I was like, she she the one we basing this on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it didn't surprise me when he, when they released him because I was just like... And that was a smack in our face to make her the face of this. I'm not saying anything about this lady looks. Cause somebody love her. Somebody, somebody out there is is adoring her. But I just did not believe it. I believe he was pushy. I believe he used his power to get what he wanted. I believe he was. I believe he lied to these women and said, "I'm gonna put you on my TV show or I'm gonna make you famous." I believe he used his celebrity. I'm not even gonna say power. I think he used his celebrity to get these women to influence these women to come to him. But I don't believe he raped them. And see, I I I I could see it again because we weren't there. But because mm-hmm. I because I've heard the argument with him and and some other people, you know, oh well, he makes all this money, he does this. Rape is about power, mm-hmm. and it's 
Mm-hmm. It's about I I see you, I want you, mm-hmm. and I can have you. And so that all that's one thing that always bothers me when people, you know, they act like, oh well, you know, he's famous and he can have whatever he wants, but that's not what mm-hmm. rape is about. And so, you know, how do how do we know that somebody he wasn't you know, having a, a dinner or something and maybe he wanted to take it to another level and somebody to say, hey, I, I just wanted to get on the show. I wanted to do this. You know what I mean? So then mm-hmm. there are all of those moments. You know, we, we know about like the, cat, the the couch calls and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Oh, the casting couch. Casting couch, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Like couch calls. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. My okay. brain. My brain. So, but on the flip side of that, you have brothers who you know ain't perfect, but you would think twice if somebody accused either of them or even you your know, I told dad. You I automatically assume. Okay, I okay. do. Even if it was my daddy, even mm-hmm. if it was my daddy. But that's that's you got proof that I believe. I believe that any person, male or female, is a potential for her. And that's me. That's me. I got pain. I, I have pain. Anybody. Wait till I have some children. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be the person you hate me. But that is so unhealthy, though. I know. Because then you bring your children up in that very unhealthy space of distrusting everybody that I they know. come across. I know. I mean, I'm working through it, but that's where I Please am in do life. It before you have children. That's where I am. Because I know people now who I love who are that person. You know, and it's scary to me. It's scary to me, but at the same time, I know people who have not been protected. I was one of those children that was not protected. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can't go through my life assuming a, a lot of times somebody who the, I haven't even talked to. It's a lot of times it's the people that you trust. It is. It's but, not the stranger but down the street. But it's also, and I'm not saying just let anybody watch a child for the sake of not wanting to accuse somebody. What I'm saying is it is unhealthy for many of us who have been through this type of trauma to walk through life still holding on to that trauma. Because every man you meet is not a rapist. Every man you meet is not a pedophile. Every man you meet is not out to get something sexually from you. I know. And force it on you. And, and, I, and, I, and I get that. But there are many people who, that, they said he did it, he did it. That's he did it because it happened to me. Well, I'm not like that. I just be like, you got to prove to me he did it. But in many cases, how do you prove hearsay? I know. How do you disprove hearsay? I didn't say I was perfect. No, but I'm I'm, I'm saying that to the community. How do we disprove hearsay? Mm-hmm. How do we disprove, uh, and not even from the person? How do we, you know, this the issue that T.I. and Tamika, Tiny, uh, T.I. and Tiny are having right now. This is a third party saying they heard they did this. And then recanted that and changed the story and said, well, they did it to me. Oh, they recanted. She did. She said, they did it to me. First of all, she said somebody she knew told her this. That turned into, he did it, they did it to me too. Maybe she was afraid of being judged. But you you strong enough to say he did it to somebody else? Because you So you can put their business out there, but mm-hmm. you can't put their... I can see that. False. False. Negative. And on that note, uh, let's heal. Heal. And not for the sake of not uh, 
bring into justice people who do dirty things and nasty, illegal things, but heal for the purpose of being able to look at somebody like myself and not see a pervert. You're a sweetheart. Yeah, but I've been accused before. Do I need to fight him? I mean, no, because I have aunts, uh, and they took care of that already. But I'm saying we have to grow in a space of healing from our triggers. If I walk through life blaming people and reacting to people based off the things that I have experienced, I would be a bitch because I've gone through things that warrant me to distrust people. But I can't live my life like that. And too many of us are comfortable walking around with our traumas on like I got this car to kill we, we, we got to grow from this and we got to move forward from it in a way that is forward moving and forward health wise in terms of healing. Uh, but that's that's the artist exchange show for the day. Can you tell people where they can watch You Grieving Girl? Uh, we have a Facebook page, You Grieving Girl. We have a group. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. So, and uh a lot of other places, so just uh, look it up on your favorite Google podcast. Her. I didn't want to say that, but yeah, you can say Google. It's fine. Yeah, you don't act booked and busy like some people I know. I can't. <laughs> so as we close out, the Artist Exchange is, is creating some great initiatives. Our first endeavor will be a versus battle, August Wilson versus Shakespeare. Uh, that's going to be a virtual monologue competition where you have to pick a monologue. I'm about to put my middle finger up. Okay. A monologue, because I don't want people to see my band-aid. But <laughs> so to say, a monologue competition <laughs> that uh, you have to pick a monologue both from August Wilson and uh, William Shakespeare, and you will have to perform them. We'll be recording your uh, monologues and sending them out to the internet, and the person persons with the highest likes and visibility from those recorded in uh, monologues will receive uh, prizes. Uh, we will be announcing the prizes very shortly, but I want you all to stay tuned and stay locked in. If you go to our social media page, you'll be able to see that advertisement for that, and there's a link, a Google form that you can fill out. We need your information. That's the only way that you can actually be entered into this competition. Um, please don't sleep on this. Uh, we have some great partners that we're linking up with now that's going to offer you some great services. I can say right now, one of the prizes uh, that we're going to offer, and it's going to be a package uh, for first, first, second, and third place, is some new brand new headshots. Hey. We all can use some brand new Ooh, headshots. Oh, I might have to do it. Uh, acting lessons. One of our vendors is offering some acting lessons. Um, and we're going to do some PR marketing packages also. So it's, gonna, it's a package of things. There's also a cash prize for the winner. So please, please go to the Artist Exchange page on Instagram, or if you go to our Instagram, the link is in our bio. If you go to the Artist Exchange radio show page or the group page, you'll also see the link uh, is pinned at the top of the page. Uh, last thing I'm going to say, there was a gentleman, uh, he, his last name is Davis. He does the bootleg barbecue, uh, whatever his name is. Um, 
please stop posting in the artist exchange group. You are banned. You are blocked. You will never get privileges ever again. Um, thank you. Have a nice day, people. Say bye.